0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, July 30th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hanson alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And we have a four-game Olympic basketball slate to break down here, Coach, on DraftKings. We're back to Group A and Group B. And we're at the third game here for all these teams. So let's give an overview of where we stand here with Group A and Group B because this is really going to play into the strategy here as teams fight for the opportunity to advance to the quarterfinals.
1: Absolutely. And hello there, Mr. Andrew. Great to see you on this wonderful Friday. Yes, Hello, sir. members. Hello, listeners. Yeah, we're fired up here. I had the TGIF uh, uh, gifts going all over the Discord, so I'm fired up today, man. Let's do it. Yeah. So we've got, as everybody knows, and if you don't, I'll give you just a quick rundown real quick here. It's three... Groups of four, where the two advance from each bracket, and Andrew will talk a little bit about the tiebreakers because that all comes into play, because in the Olympics, point differential is one of the first tiebreakers, so that is going to matter on how you know we would look at some of these games. Group A: uh, France is two and zero, USA is one and one, the Czech Republic is one and one, and Iran is zero and two. So it's going to be. Very cut and dry here because the US plays the Czech Republic, and uh, you know, so that's done. Iran's out, and uh, France is already in, so that's where that one lies. And then in Group B, which we knew was we called it the group of death, as they do in the World Cup, and it has been rough. Uh, you know, Nigeria, who was uh, I think the fourth or fifth choice to win a medal here. Uh, is 0 and 2 with, with the danger of going 0 and 3. So um they are not particularly out of it yet though, so we'll let Andrew touch on that, but Australia is 2 and 0, Italy's 1 and 1, Germany's 1 and 1, and Nigeria is 0 and 2. So however these games work out in this this set of of games is going to determine uh who goes forward and it could come down to point differential. And then it's uh, pretty cut and dry in group C. That's the, the non-interesting one because Slovenia and Spain are 2-0, and Argentina and Japan 0-2. So that's setting up, uh, you know, just especially like the Spaniards had hoped uh, so that they could, you know, get some rest for their guys. And same thing with Slovenia, with Lucas. So uh, that, these matchups for them will be interesting uh, also. So, I wanted to touch on that so that, you know, uh, you, you can sort of get an idea, which we do have very clear one now, is, you know, who's pretty comfortable that they're in, who's already eliminated. And then what Andrew's going to touch on right now, which is, you know, if teams do end tied at one and two or two and one, what what is that differential and how does that work to advance? Right. So a um, couple
0: different things to consider here. The, the two and oh teams are in um, automatically, so it doesn't matter if what France and Australia do today, right? Um, the way that the math works out, uh, you there cannot be more than eight teams that have two wins, no matter what happens in all these games, right? And as you mentioned, two teams from each group are going to advance, and then the two best three seeds, so that's where it comes down to these one and two records that we're going to see in mm-hmm. the tiebreaker system. So, the way that works after the win-loss tiebreaker, is points differential, which you've talked about on our previous podcasts. And that's why these teams fight to the finish in all these games. So we're going to mix in the information on the points differential for these teams during this podcast. And then after points differential, it's points scored. And then, by the way, it's FIBA ranking. So these teams right. are going to continue to try to put up points and fight to the finish on the points differential in case they're one of these teams that end up at one and two and need a tiebreaker to get in as one of the three seeds. And so as we zero in on this slate, there are uh, three and one teams that I think are the ones are, that are going to have a bit of an edge in terms of fighting for that point differential. So that's Italy. They're and one They play Nigeria. Then we've got germany one and one playing australia and then of course the czech republic one and one playing the us and although we think they're going to lose and potentially lose big they still can qualify and so uh when all else fails on this slate if you're looking at one of those one and one teams uh, to me they get a little bit of a bump for their players to play bigger minutes uh, down the stretch so with that in mind let's break these games down Ah, uh, one at a time, like we always do, based on the start time. Beginning with France in, and Iran, they start Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And France, big uh, favorites here, coach, 28 point favorites, lowest total on the board, only 157 and a half. Yeah. So France, as as one of those two and O teams, they are already locked in to the medal round, but they only have the second best point differential of the two and O teams. So they do have something to play for. Uh, but it, it should be a pretty easy victory. So with all that being said, uh, are you zeroing in on any of the French players in particular?
1: You know, it's it's interesting here and uh, great explanation there. And by the way, too, w- with all that in mind, today and tomorrow as these final games uh, play out in, in pool play, the, the, obviously the top two from each of the top six advance to the medal round where it's single elimination, there's no more chance. uh, If you want gold or even a medal, you got to win to to advance. So, uh, and in this, you know, with France, they've played good ball and they've gone, they've been a little bit more heavier uh, leaning on some of their key players. So what I want to do, you know, and what I'll do with each team when I'm uh, pointing it out is sort of go over you know, where those minutes are being uh, dispersed amongst the players and who's stepping up statistically. And we know for France, uh, you go no further than than Fournier. I mean, he's the one that beat the Americans, and he's getting 31 minutes. And, you know, we've, as all of these games have gone on, if this is the first pod you're catching, we're trying to just find that 25 to 28 or 29-minute window uh, as really a sweet spot because there's not many guys getting 30 plus, very very few. So if they stay within that window, you, again, you may have a snowflake or two, but you're still in good shape. It's it's different than normal where you know you have to everybody everybody on fire and people playing full games. That's just not happening in the Olympics. But with France, Fournier has been your safest play. You know he's averaging 24 and a half points a game. And, you know, he's chipping in enough on assists and rebounds, even though he's not a periphery stats guy to make himself very consistent, but he's expensive. So Fournier certainly is there. And then we have a group of three guys that are well in play for me here again. But the question is, you know, can you afford them? And that's uh, Nicholas Batum. He's averaging 29 along with DeColo who's really been solid for them, 15 points, six and a half assists, uh, you know, really steady, two steals. And, you know, his price isn't bad. So he's a, a definite consideration. And then Rudy Gobert is in that sweet spot uh, also. Uh, but, you know, up and down, only 10 points per game. Uh, and surprisingly, not double digits and rebounds, which really, is interesting. Only nine and a half. He's close, but you know, for his price, he definitely has not uh, made his number. Uh, after that, you've got a lot of guys in the teens, and that's what makes uh, France dangerous. None of these guys are in the sweet spot for us, but I think you can consider them. And that's Hurdle, who's you know, 21 minutes a game, eight points. TLC is only at 18 with uh, five and a half points. Portier, the big man, is only getting 15 minutes, but he's at almost nine points a game, so he could always grab a little run. Uh, Yabaselli, who he thought would be really strong, he's only playing 12 minutes a game, and I know he's been hurt on and off, but certainly has fallen out of grace for uh, the purposes of DFS. So that really is it for, for France. I think um, you know, that that group, especially that top four of Fournier, Batum, Decolo, and Gobert, having some exposure with those guys if they fit into salary, uh, I think makes a lot of sense here. Uh, not expecting monster minutes down the stretch from the top guys like in some of these other games. So I'm not going to have a, a real strong French connection here, but definitely some exposure. What do you think? Yeah.
0: I mean, the the four key starters there, uh, the key players f- for their winning prospects. And in terms of this slate, Fournier is my favorite. You know, 8,400 for that type of output is pretty good. Again, if you're new to Olympic basketball here and the pricing, uh, it's not like the traditional uh, NBA DFS that we play, where we're looking for 6x return on everybody's price on DraftKings. A lot of these guys, if you get 4X, you're doing great. So uh, 48, 8,400, definitely playable. DeColo, like you said, uh, definitely in play at 7,900. Those are probably my two favorite starters. And then with the bench guys that you mentioned, I agree. Um, Those are the ones to consider. And they all trended up in that last game, a a 20-point win over the Czech Republic. And if this is a big blowout against Iran, which we think it will be, and they get around those same minutes, then they're much better price tags than the starters. We don't think they're going to be as productive, but it's probably easier to get uh, a 5X return on one of these guys, like Hurdle, who was 11-2-7 in the last game. He's only 3,600 as yeah. a point guard. Poirier, who definitely took advantage of the uh, decrease in minutes for Yabaselli, he got 19 minutes, 14 points, 5 rebounds. He's only 3,700 as a center. Dangerous. So I like Poirier. Yeah. I mean, he's he's skilled. I've watched him as a Celtic, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you get the minutes at that price. Uh, he's definitely in play, and then good old TLC, who's a little bit volatile, uh, forty-one hundred is a shooting guard, he's playable. Um, so th- those are the guys I'm zeroing in on. France, but I agree, I don't want to get too much exposure to that side. But one or two for sure could make the final roster. Absolutely. All right, let's let's swing over to Iran who after a decent first game had to deal with us in the second, and it, it didn't go very well. Um, you know, you could look at uh, one of their guys though, because they, they do get pretty good minutes for the starters. Uh, your man, Jamshida Jafarabadi Jafar body uh, scored pretty well against the U S <laughs> 3,900. Yeah. At either guard position. And then Yakshala de 4,700 didn't do very well against the U S but those two guards, I think are the, the cheap guys to consider for Iran because they've got the, the better matchups Decolo and Fournier. Um, you know, they're not locked down defenders and with those guys getting big minutes and some shots, again, you could pay off the price tag because you don't need, you know, you'd, again, you don't need a six X return here to make it work. Uh, and then my man Haddadi. Solid again, uh, even against the U.S. 15-6-1, but he's 9,000. He's got to deal with Gobert. Um, I think he can play a fine game. Will it be enough? Uh, it's questionable. He's not my favorite option here uh, at that price tag. You know, on this four-game slate, uh, the one thing that's changed for me, Coach, is that there's there's more options here than we've had in some of these Great. other plates. There's different builds that you can make. There's more guys in the mid-tier between five and 8,000 to consider. So I, I don't think you need to pay up there uh with with a tough defensive matchup with Gobert.
1: I I agree. You know, that I want to point out again, you had read the, the spread here, and I just called it up to get the, the most recent from our partners at betus.com.pa. Um, you know, the, the concern with this France in Iran game is that total 158, it's 13 and a half points lower than any of the other three games. So again, you know, if Vegas is generally pretty close to on the money, uh, that's a lot of DFS points left on the table in that game that aren't going to be dispersed like in the other three games. So you could you combine the fact that it's a 28-point spread, which is the biggest, it's definitely by far the lowest at 158. Uh, you know, that has to make you not want to stack this game whatsoever. So You know, just wanted to reiterate that point because I think it's important. But, you know, uh, Yakcha, I'll just call him Yakcha. You know, I got to say, you know, I I had uh, had some faith in him early on and he's played almost 31 minutes a game and, you know, 15 points. But the problem is with him is, you know, and we're learning this as we go. He's more of just a scorer uh, and not quite as much of an all around Uh, talent. You know, he's, he's gotten very few assists and steals and and that kind of thing. So not as excited about him as I was. Um, I do think, you know, who's your Haddaddy uh, at 26 minutes, and now he he goes, uh, you know, against that interior defense of France, which is nasty. I mean, it, it really hurt the Americans. I think with his price raised up, I don't see him being playable either but uh, the guy that I'm looking at here is is Jamshid and Jamshid is uh you know 15 points a game in a in only 25 minutes if that can drift you know close to that 30 mark uh, like Yakcha that's really going to help him plus he shows a little bit more of an all-around game five assists per game which is Outstanding and you know a couple rebounds. I think you know, if I do go to an Iraqi player, uh Jamshid is the guy. Yeah, yeah, right. And after that though, uh you know, crapshoot in my opinion. I don't think they have anybody else that really steps up. No one else averaging more than five points. Oh, well, I'm sorry, uh Daver Daver Pana, whatever is eight points per game, but only in 13 minutes. So uh not even going to waste time going over the rest of these Iranian players. Did I say Iraqi. Yeah. Yeah, Iranian is what I meant to say. Right. Uh but uh yeah, so I, I understand if you look at Yakcha, yeah, Hadidi or Jamshid, those are the only three that even have a chance, but Jam, Jamshid Shid is the one I think has the the biggest ceiling. And all the rest of the bench guys not worth, in my opinion, uh, a gamble like that, even if they're cheap because they're all getting low minutes and they're not very skilled. So
0: Yeah, the one skill I thought was decent, Reza Fair uh, off the bench, lefty shooter. He, he looked pretty good with his stroke. He did score 12 points, got 24 minutes, 3,700. So if you are if you needed to save 200 bucks from jam shit, you could look there. But I agree. Other than that, um, we pass Iran. There are some other value plays here later in the slate that are attractive. So let's turn to game two yeah. and the next two games are going to be group B coach. We've got Nigeria, Italy, yeah. Germany, Australia, this group of death, Australia, the only team set to advance for sure at two and O oh. and Nigeria, like we said, they are still alive at O oh and two. They need a big win though, here against Italy. Uh, and they're six and a half point underdogs. Total is much better here. one seventy four and a half. and a half. Yes. So why don't you take us through Nigeria led by our, our good friend here, Mr. Nawara?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the big stunner so far. You know, they came in with all the hoopla eight NBA players beat a bunch of teams in the, in the prelims. And uh, you know, they came in feeling they had a great shot at not just a medal, but maybe even the gold. And they're sitting here at 0 and two and they could go 0 and three. There's no question about it. So, very disappointing, uh, Mike Brown's the coach, by the way. But I have to give him credit. I know it's only two games, and this is the third, but he's stuck with his rotational plan. You know, he's he whatever they agreed to with these guys to be part of this team. Uh, I guarantee he must have told them, "Listen, we're going to run deep. Everybody's going to get minutes." You know, and that maybe convinced some of these guys to play because to have eight NBA commitments from Nigeria, that's, that's pretty amazing. And, you know, it's worked for them in the sense that, you know, their depth has been good, but it's worked against them because when I've watched Nigeria, Andrew, you know, I get the big bench thing and the depth and keeping people fresh, but there's also to me a part about chemistry and clicking. And, you know, if you're constantly rotating guys out, how do you get into any rhythm with anybody? I mean, it's caught, you're always looking in a different, you know, uh, teammate that's out there. And I think that's caused them to just not quite have that chemistry. And in the friendly games or prelim games, yeah, that works great because all the teams are playing everybody because everybody wants to see who's got what and get them some run. But now the rest of these teams, their bench is shortened up, they're playing their main guys, whereas Nigeria is still playing everybody. And that you know, variants went against them, which you would anticipate that it would. Uh, we gotta start with Noir. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. Slate breaker last time out. Um, and nothing
0: but net all night long,
1: all night long. I mean, real. and smooth as silk, too. Yep. So, I mean, two things you can look at here: number one. you would think there has to be a little bit of regression because I think he could have closed his eyes and threw it backwards and it would have swished in. (laughs) He was just unconscious. But on the good side is, man, his, his minutes went way up, his usage all the way around, and his production is ridiculous. So he's up to 27 minutes. So he's the only guy on this Nigerian team that has snuck into that zone of where you know that sweet spot zone for us And man is, he's a hard guy to pass up here. Almost 22 points. You know, he's, he's hitting the glass, five rebounds, two and a half steals, uh, you know, just getting it done all over the place and has really come out to be the team leader with this team. So I'm very interested in him. I think he may be a guy, uh, in this matchup that can step up again and and do very well. Uh, you know i don't think they have a great match up for him defensively so he's high on my list then after that though it's we're back into that whole thing why i faded nigeria the first two games you've got between 24 minutes and uh 12 minutes for the next seven guys so you know vincent oni akogi Okpala, uh, uh emegano Achua, Matu, Okafor, those guys are all getting decent minutes, all getting something done. But the eye test in watching this, uh, I like uh, precious Achua. He's 19 minutes, which, you know, again, it's not in our sweet spot, but his price is is a little bit better. And here's the thing. He was in foul trouble. And when he was in, he was extremely efficient, uh, really was impressed You know, he's getting double-digit scoring now. He's hitting the glass, and he's not one-dimensional. I mean, he's got a couple of steals. He has some blocks. I think he is a guy, eye test-wise, maybe not as much statistical, is a guy on the rise. So very interested in Nawara and Achua. Uh, The other guys aren't bad, but as I read them off, I mean, you know, I I didn't even name Agata, Nawamu, and Udo, because their minutes are slipped slightly under double digits, but it's just too much usage spread, too much sharing of the ball past that really Nawara, and then chew just on you know, watching him get more confident and get a little bit more play. And if he stays out of foul trouble, uh, could really be a, a solid add uh, at his number.
0: Yeah, for me with Nawara, the way that he looked, the overall usage minutes uh, an opportunity. Uh, he's, he's locked in for me at 5,100. Uh, there's nobody on the slate who can, um, you know, give you that return. Do
1: you think Um, he'll be the highest owned on the whole slate? I do.
0: Absolutely. Yep. And I'm, I'm happy to put him in because you said, said,
1: not to interrupt you, but don't fade somebody like that just because you want to be contrarian and take something down. I, you know, we talk about this with our members in the NBA all the time. If somebody's mispriced and, it is just perfect. You have to use them for me anyway, in a cash and single entry game, I do not want to fade Noir at 5,100 when 90% of the people are going to have them. And if he has that game that we expect, now you're chasing and just to be different. So as a blocker in cash games, you know, even if you play that, you know, you're playing the other guy or a group of people in the 50-50 and you see all that Noir across the board, you just have to have him because even if he has a down game, everybody else has a little bit of a down game with him, and there's no guarantee that you're going to find anybody. Well, I know you won't at 5100 that that has a good a better shot at a bigger game. So, just wanted to mention that. It, I know it's it's boring because when you you know when everybody has him, it's almost like you don't even care what he does because it doesn't matter. But you got to have him in my opinion, Andrew.
0: Yeah, and for me, you have to have him because he's 5100. If it was Luca, and you're talking about a twelve thousand dollars stud who everybody thinks is going to smash, then you can fade him because you can come up with a different build. Sure, at fifty one hundred, if you fade him, you know it's not like all of a sudden you're getting two more studs in your lineup. No, as if you you fade a guy like Luca, and then you know your entire build is different. So you're you're getting Dirk ticked off over here. You better (laughs) better watch it. Dirk understands the premium price for a, a Hall of Famer. He gets it. He always took the discount to stay in Dallas all those years. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> he definitely gets it. Um so after Nawara, you know, I agree with you on the minutes and the, you know, the the frustrating distribution of usage. But the Nigerian team, I think, has the best overall price tags on this slate. I think in addition to Nawara, at least one of these guys is going to be. In the winning lineup the problem is how do you pick it and it it is tough to predict um like you said based on the eye test i think achua is the next guy that you want but he's 6700 all the other guys who are getting the big minutes are less than that yeah so somebody like akpala at 3500 is a little bit more interesting to me but there's a lot more volatility with a guy like that he had I mean, look at his line last game, 5.6 rebounds, two assists, five steals. Yeah. So that's a tremendous return on 3,500. Um, but will he get five steals again? Probably not. And we know that he's not a big usage guy offensively. So uh, the point is just, you know, if you're going to play one lineup in cash, you know, maybe Akpal is not the guy to trust. But if you're going to play three or four lineups, you know, he's the perfect GPP option to get in one lineup. Sure. Um I think I like him more than some of these other guys because he does get the the start and and the minutes. You know, Vincent uh is also in that category for me at 5300. He took 10 three-pointers in the last game.
1: That's so that is a plus.
0: If he gets hot, you know, he could be the guy. Akogi has had a good game and a bad game. Uh, just yeah. like we talked about, he's volatile. That's him. Uh, so 4600, he's GPP only for me. Emegano, uh, you know, he runs the show for that second unit at 3,700. He could be the guy. Metu can st- st- uh, stuff the stat sheet. 3-5-2-1-2 last game, only 13 minutes, and he did all that. 4,900, he could be the guy. Okafor, you know, don't like him as much at 5,600. So, you know, again, it comes down to how many lineups you're going to play. I'd get Noir in there no matter what, and then – you know, take a shot on one of those guys in a GPP in cash, a uh, little, little tougher to, to invest there. I agree. All right, coach over on the Italian side, the favorites here, uh, at one and one. So they're in that one and one category, like Germany in the next game, these guys have a point differential of seven. Yeah. Germany, Germany has a point differential of minus three. So Italy is in a, a better spot here uh, in group B. Um, you know, even if they lose to potentially advance at, at one and two, uh, but it's too close for comfort. So I think they're going to have to push to the end here against Nigeria, win or lose because of that point differential. So I think Italy's a good team to invest in. And they, like Nigeria, have some nice options, a little bit more expensive for their starting five, but right. guys that I think you can trust a little bit more, like Mannion at 5,700. I, I trust him more than Vincent at 53. You know, he bounced back with a real nice game, 21.7 assists. Yeah, of course, because I played yeah. in the
1: first round. Right, <laughs> right.
0: So, so Mannion definitely in play for me. Um, uh, Fonticcio, two solid games in a row. They're they're big forward. Uh, he, you can play him at either forward spot, 7,100. Um, you know, he, he gives you everything you like in terms of minutes and shots. So he's in play for me. And all three other starters are playable. You know, this is probably the only team where I think you can play any of the five starters. Tonnit still only five thousand as shooting guard. Disappointed in game two, but he was strong in game one. Meli big disappointment in game two. He was strong in game one. He's still only fifty four hundred. Still got twenty four minutes. Just didn't do anything offensively. Um, You know, and it won't be easy against Achua and uh, Nigeria's length and athleticism. But wouldn't shock me if he does it. Uh, Same thing with Paulinara. He's the cheapest. And he he's one of the guys who was weak in game one, but strong in game two. Almost had a double double in 23 minutes. Got 12 shots. So Paulinara is in play for me. With the bench, uh, I'm not going to go there. Gallinari at 8300 is a little bit too much for me. Uh, and then Paola only 11 minutes uh, at that guard spot. So uh, I do like Italy here, and I will probably have uh, two starters uh, out of that group of five in most of my lineups.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a smart play. I, I really like the Italian team and, and how they play and you know the pace and just everything about them. Um, the line in that game, by the way, is you know, I I believe you may have mentioned, but Italy's only favored by six. And uh, you know, that 174 and a half number. I mean, I, I really that starts to interest me. Uh, I'll tell you, Fontascchio is the guy that surprised me the most of this Italian team. I did not expect him to be consistently their top performer. He's almost at 30 minutes, so that brings him into play immediately. 21 points a game, Andrew, with four rebounds, an assist, and a steal and a half, and even a block a game. So he has been, I think, in some of the optimals for sure, and a guy that I think you just have to look at and then the second-best player on the team, uh, Tonit, same thing, 27 minutes, uh, a solid 13 points a game, and, a, and some stats across the board. So those are the two that we slept on a little bit, and I think now uh, have to be in the discussion because the minutes, the usage, and the price is right. Uh, then we get into you know a little bit more of a confusing uh, spot here. Uh, Melly, again, you know, great first game, poor second game. Still, like you said, got the 25 minutes, but only six and a half points per game out of those first two games. He's got 13 points in two games total, which is uh, a concern. And like you mentioned, you know, the Nigerians have a ton of inside athleticism that are going to really make it tough on Melly. So he's not on my list. Uh, you know, Mannion, again, uh, frustrating. I was so high on him going into this. And that first game, he just, you know, didn't get all the minutes at point that I thought he would and didn't quite uh, have it. But I know he had the potential. I guess that's that's on me for after one game sample size of Balen. But then he did step up, and I think he will continue to. I think he's very playable here. He's 24 minutes a game you know, up to 15 and a half points with seven assists. I mean, he's active, you know, everything runs through him when he's in there and he becomes on and in play for me again. So if he has a poor game, Andrew, you know, I'm going to be sending that bitmoji with the guy swearing and everything because, you know, on again, off again guy, but I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that Mannion gets it done. Um, But then, you know, the Gallinari thing, you made a good point is price is high I expected him to take more shots and score more for them, but he's only at 22 minutes, which is, you know, sixth on the team, which is surprising to me as well. Uh, and he, he's not a rebounder that much that we know of. I mean, occasionally he will, but two rebounds a game and only 11 and a half points, low 20s in minutes. As much as I love Gallo and certainly could have a big game, I, I just can't go there. Um and then after that, it's just, you know, Polinar, yes, he's gotten some games, but he's just middle of the road. And then all those bench guys, just not enough minutes, not enough usage. So for me, you know, you start with Juan Achechio, you look at Tonic, you look at uh, Mannion, and I think those are the key guys. And I'd love to have two of those guys uh, as well, because I think this will be a good game.
0: All right, well, let's go to the other game in Group B. It's Germany and australia 4:20 a.m. Eastern. Germany is that one and one team that's really got a battle here. Uh, if they don't win, they can still advance with that point differential. Uh, so uh, let's let's uh, start with Germany, Coach. What are your thoughts there?
1: Well, it's interesting with Germany. I I expected them to be more uh, heavy on the minutes for their top five guys, six guys, maybe seven at the very most. But they've got two, four, six, eight, ten guys averaging double digits in minutes. So again, one of those DFS red flags, are you going to get enough out of these guys? Now, the top uh, three are interesting to me, and I'll explain why. Ops, who's been solid through both games uh, minutes-wise, 30 minutes per game. But my concern with him is he does somewhat a whole lot of nothing out there other than score a few points. I mean, how do you play so he's basically played 60 minutes of basketball in those you know uh those two games out of out of the possible 80 and 12 points is respectable but after that it's goose eggs man guess how many rebounds for the tournament he has one zero <laughs> and he's got only one assist uh two i'm sorry two assists and two steals that's it no block shots zero rebounds so not a DFS guy, even with the minutes. I hope he gets more ownership than than he should just because people see that, you know, almost 30-minute mark. The guy that I like the best, I think he's their best player, is Low. I mean, you know, didn't have the game I wanted him to the last time out, but he's at 29 minutes, almost 19 a game, and he does fill the stat sheet. Six and a half assists per game, uh, you know, uh, Get some rebounds. He's got six rebounds in the tournament. You know, I think he's the most consistent, reliable guy on this squad. I'm very interested in him again. Uh, then we have this dilemma and we've gone back and forth, uh, both of us have on this, is Bonga. You know, we know he's going to get minutes. He's getting 25 per game. We know he's a stout defender and he can do some things, but he disappears uh, a lot of times scoring the ball and that's what we've seen these two games. I mean, some he scored some in a stretch. He's only he's averaging 9 for the two games. You know he's going to get some stocks. That's the one nice thing about Bonga. Um but, you know, how many assists, how many rebounds is it's decent enough to consider him. But I I'd love him as a GPP play cuz I think he could be one of those guys that could contribute to a somewhat of a slate breaker, but I'm not sure that I have the confidence to roll him out in my cash games, but he's on the bubble. Um, one guy that we didn't talk about that much in the first two games that I guess we really do need to bring up, up now is Voitman. Voigtman, 25 minutes, surprisingly, didn't see that coming, uh, and a really solid 11 points, uh, six and a half rebounds per game, two and a half assists. Uh, steel. So, I mean, he deserves some interest here and he's shooting the ball out of his mind too. I mean, he doesn't shoot that much, but he's 61% from the field somehow uh, and 100% uh, from the line. So you're going to get the most from him in that minute, that minute structure. And no one talks about him. We don't know that much about him. But maybe he's a sneaky guy, Andrew. I I can't wait to hear your take on him because I I think I may slide him in there in one of those last spots at what is a very fair price. Um, After that, you've got the under-20 group right in that realm of the depth of the bench, Giffy, uh, Thyman, Barthel, Barthel, who had – Uh, a decent little stretch in that, in the game. And then my man, Mo Wagner, you know, I, I still just am perplexed of all of his stops. He never seems to get very many minutes and he seems to produce when he's in there. I mean, he's averaging 16 minutes a game. That's it. 14 and a half points though. So I don't understand. I don't trust those minutes. I like his output, but not for cash maybe if you think this is the game they do give him 25 minutes I think he could crush it but I don't trust it and then the rest of the bench not worth mentioning but I think you got some some very rosterable guys on this side of the ball
0: yeah I'll just go backwards there from from Wagner I mean he's been awesome per minute but only played 12 minutes in the last game so no way I'm paying 8700 for him you know if they shift around if Voigtman gets hurt then sure he could pay it off but I'd rather go to one of these other guys like low as a starter at 7400 much yeah. rather invest in him he's he's also the guy that I agree he's the most trustworthy on this team so he's he's the one guy I'd want to play the most Voigtman like you said you know 19 and seven in the last game the, f- the first game he just wasn't involved offensively but there aren't many guys here that you can get for 6100 with that type of a stat line and an upside. So, you know, he did take advantage of a Chua being in foul trouble against Nigeria. He's a bigger guy. Um, So, you know, he's, he's playable. Uh, It should be a, you know, a little tougher matchup with Baines uh, banging against him. And, you know, he's got the size to, to uh, thwart him a little bit, but definitely playable at 6,100. Bonga, like you said, probably a little more of a GPP, but decent price. Obst, playable at 3,900 as a punt play. You know We've already talked about a couple guards in that price range on this slate, but he's pretty reliable. He has been so far for scoring, not the other stats, but he's a fine punt play if you want. And Tiemann was really good in the last game, almost a double-double at 3,600. Definitely worth playing, but I don't want to play anybody off that bench like you said. Over with Australia, the eight yes. and a half point favorites here at two and zero, oh coach. Um, again, they are automatically in, but yeah. they have the lowest point differential of the four undefeated teams. So, I do think they will, uh, you know, continue to play their game and, and try to get it done and um, keep that margin of victory as high as they can. Now, Patty Mills, we got to start there. Uh, over ten thousand on this slate. 17 shots in the last game. We like that. Yeah, he was only two for nine on threes, though. Uh, played 36 minutes, so a lot to like there. You know, but at 10-1, he's very expensive because again, this is a slate where you can get several guys at six, seven, eight thousand and build more of a balanced lineup if you want. And he makes it tougher, so he's playable but not my favorite. Ingles, 9200. 9, uh, you know, love his game overall. And one of my favorite Olympians here, but 9,200. I think he'll get some Bonga defense, so he's not my favorite play here. Baines and Landall, the, the two bigs, uh, played much better in the last game. They're both in the four thousand dollar range. Uh, I could see them paying it off again. Uh, Deli, uh, you know, not going to go there. Uh, Thibault, eight thousand, so he's cheaper than Ingles and Mills again. Uh, solid across the board again, but not not many shots, you know, as usual. So he's on the fringes for me. You know, last guy in, maybe. Um, Nick Kay, another good game. Uh, he was 6 of 7 from the field. 15 and 7, really nice for 4,500. So those three bigs for Australia, they're all playable. Uh, Exum, you know, he's had one, one solid game, one down game. Um, probably won't go there. So, you know, I like Australia as a team here. Um, but with all three of their bigs in that 4k range being playable, I, I just think it's really hard to, to predict it's, a, you know, I, I think I'd probably rather go elsewhere.
1: Yeah, it's Australia you would think would be easy to roster some guys and go, but man, it's hard to find something value enough that you can play them and feel good about it. So I'm with you, you know, the, the spread in this game, by the way, it's Australia only favored by eight and a half. So. Some respect for the German team. That 171 and a half total, it's it's solid. It's the third highest, but at least it's right in that ballpark, you know, and that's the one that's 13 and a half higher than France and Iran. Um, for me, I you know, Kay has grown on me through this uh tournament. I I think that I mean, I had seen him play in a couple of friendlies, and he was good, but that minute split of the three bigs, like you mentioned with Landell and, and Baines, you know, scared me away, but Kay's the guy that's emerged. I mean, he's almost 27 minutes now, 13 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds. So, you know, I don't think it's a fluke. I think he is the go-to big. And at that price, he's one of my favorite secret squirrels on this whole slate. I mean, he could be in a hundred percent of my cash lineups. I just like that. The matchup for him here. And, you know, I'm comfortable enough that he's one of the key bigs for them uh, that's going to get it done. So I wanted to start with him. I'm, you know, Patty is Patty. I like him. That price, though, rough. And I want to go with a little bit more of a medium build if possible. And Mills definitely messes that up. And Ingalls isn't far behind him. So I don't think either one is a bad play whatsoever. But I just don't. Want to spend all the money uh, on those guys in this game? I think I'd rather spread it out. So that brings Thybul and Exum back into consideration for me because let's face it, it's I know they're better GPP plays because there's risk. Now they're both averaging in exactly the same amount of minutes, just about 22, and you know they're not scoring a ton, seven and six. I mean they're almost identical statistic-wise, but. There's the chance they get hotter, they get on a run. We know they're both capable. I mean, they've done it in NBA games where both of them have done uh, an outstanding job. Fiebel more on the stock side, Exa more on the scoring and assist side, but I'm not counting them out. I wouldn't play both, but one of the two definitely has the potential at their lower price now than it was uh, to make that the lineup with me. After that, I'm not going deeper, you know, I like I said, I think Dellie's on the way down. Uh, you know, with really touting K, I think it'd be silly to go with Landale or Baines cuz you're hoping they don't get the minutes and then the rest of the guys, you know, are not worth mentioning. So, I mean, you certainly can take one of your big buyups and go with either Mills or Ingles. I'd would go Mills over the two of them if I had to. But, you know, if you're looking to, to have some exposure to Australia, I think that sweet spot of guys is K Thibel and Exum, specifically K. All
0: right, Coach. One game to go here on this four-game slate. Yeah. I uh, hope, hope folks are enjoying these in-depth discussions. And, by the way, if you're playing the one-game slates on DraftKings, hopefully helps this helps you get ready for those where you're going to have to uh, roster more of these guys uh, and then if you want our lineups, uh, jump in with us as a member at DFSCoachTalk.com. We give out the full coaches clipboard for the slates on DraftKings. And then we give out full lineups for the U.S. single game contests on FanDuel. we got the U.S. coming up next here. So DFSCoachTalk.com, if you'd like to grab our lineups, once you sign up, we will invite you into our Discord with an email. Try the three-day pass. You can try our eighty-eight-dollar summer special all the way until September seventh. Uh, so, so jump in with us. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Now, Coach, Game Four here, eight a.m. on Saturday. Yes. So you might want to set your lineups tonight, just in Definitely. case. Yes. Just in case you don't get up uh, in time. Uh, but it'll be uh, the game. will be waiting there for your breakfast time if you want to watch how these guys do. Uh, US back on track. After the big win over Iran, but now they've got the Czech Republic, 24 and a half point favorites coach against the Czech Republic team that is also one and one. Right. Uh, highest total on the board here, 183 and a half. And yes. the point differential for the Czech Republic is minus 14. So yeah. if they're going to lose to the U.S., they still have a chance, but they need to try to keep it close. So uh, with that motivation, are you interested in any of their players?
1: You know, They've been somewhat of a train wreck to me. I the, they have played such a deep bench that was unexpected. You know, I expected Saturansky, uh Vesely, Balvin, Otta, You know, the main guys, maybe Shib as well, to get just you know thirty minutes a game. Now you've got who who is been in consideration. I've rostered him, and I think that he deserves to be. He's thirty four. Point three minutes, which is very stout in this tournament. Nobody's playing up in that range, Uh, you know, but a little underwhelming at times, but enough that he's making it. I mean, only 10 points per game, which is okay. The nice thing is nine assists and three steals per game. So, you know, I'm still on the saddle bandwagon. I think he's by far the, the best player on this team, in my opinion. And I'd like to roster him again, and I very well may, uh, especially since it's going to be high tempo. But he is going to get a lot of defensive attention. I think Drew Holl- Drew Holiday is going to be up in his shorts, and that scares me a little bit. So uh, you got to love the pace, though. You got to love the fact that you know they're going to need him out there against the U.S. as much as they can. So you know, not a complete slam dunk, but I think Sato deserves the first mention. I really do. And, uh, you know, definitely considering putting him in there. Now, the rest of the guys, it's much more complicated. I mean, that next level that I expect to be a little bit more dominant. uh, Yes, Vesely's been 20 and a half minutes, 15 points, uh, six rebounds, three assists. He's been terrific. And he's certainly the other guy to Saturansky, I think, that you can absolutely go to here. You know, again, high Higher pace game, uh, but he is gonna get some tough defensive attention as well. Uh, you know, without question. Those will be the two guys that are keyed on by the U.S. team. But uh I'm tempted to go both Saturansky and Vesley just because of what I'm expecting, minutes, pace, etc. And I don't think that if the US up is up 25, that those guys are just gonna get yanked out and they go to the you know, the, the second screen, screen guys, I think they're going to want to stay in it, keep it respectable. And I think those guys will get solid runs. So this is the one team where I'm going right to the top of their board, uh, for their top two guys, uh, in my opinion. So after that, I won't go there, but they're all playable. And, but they're all out of that sweet spot. Tons of guys here. Balvin 23 minutes, of 23, uh, uh, Bo Bochich, uh, 23 shib 20. And I liked him in stretches. And then you also have, uh, double digits, uh, for Serena at 15 and, uh, Jelinek at 15 and Petraka at 14. So in other words, all those guys are just chopping away at each other, making themselves, you know, in a hole, somewhat unplayable. Um, you know, Shiv did impress me in stretches. I've I've got a little consideration there. But I'm not going to mess around with these middle guys and try to determine which one's going to get 22 minutes, which one's going to get 18, and how effective they're going to be. Uh, pretty simple for me for the checks. I'm going right to the top with Sadoransky and Vesely. Yeah, I think
0: that's a good place to start. Uh, I like their minutes, their usage, their success so far, and their price, you know, 8100 for Sato. Only seven thousand for Vesely on the main slate. Yep. Um, like you said, though, the the trade off is Drew Holiday clamping down on him. Um, you know how much does that limit him? So, you know, I, I, I'm very interested in both of them. I think there's a good chance I will go with them, uh, and they also do make sense for me on the single game showdown slate on Fanduel. Yes, The prices are reasonable, so that's a great place to focus in on. For the rest of the group uh Balvin is my favorite you know he's been solid as that center and his price is uh, a little bit low I think 4500 uh really good numbers so far yeah uh, even against gobert in the last one uh, 18 and eight so yeah. I like Balvin here you know again tough matchup with Bam but uh for 4500 he's definitely playable for me uh those are my favorites you know out has been solid but he's 5500. Shilb, one good game, one down game. Um, I don't want to mess with the other guys. So I think that's as deep as you need to go. Uh, also, really? on the, on the fan duel one game
1: contest, yep. I agree completely.
0: All right, coach. Hopefully, we've saved the best team for last. We yeah. know that they've lost once, but uh, they can overcome that and still bring home the gold. That is the U.S. of A. And yep. although they are the best team, uh, top to bottom, um, future hall of famers here I'm not in love with these price tags coach they're very very expensive we've talked about it on every slate for yeah. the main slate on DraftKings. all these guys seven eight nine ten thousand but they're only getting you know 23 24 minutes tops right um maybe they get a couple more minutes here the starters you know lillard durant maybe they get 25 um but Ultra expensive. I think if I had to pick one, you know, Durant just, uh, he's, you know, he's been adding the stocks here, uh, 10 2. You know, I don't think Vesely can stop him, but you know, only eight shots in the last game. Lillard took 15. Um, so it's just tough Uh, on my main lineup on DraftKings. I'm not going to have either one of them and Drew Holiday. You know, much better price at 89, but he's not getting as many shots, even though he started in that last game. Uh, I just don't want to do that. Um, so not not on the main slate for me. Definitely looking at those guys on the one-game showdown. Um, Booker was in the starting lineup, of course. You know, that was the big change in game two. So he was decent. Bam's minutes went down uh, with the bench. Levine was awesome in his 22 minutes. 13 points, 8 assists. You know, 8,800, you know, GPP, uh, if you want to go there. I mean, the the nice thing about Levine is that he is a shooting guard, and that's a a tougher position to find somebody that you like on DraftKings. So you could go there. Everybody else, um, I'm just not going to invest, you know, 8,000 for for these bench guys. You know, Tatum got the most shots. um, But
1: after that, uh, just too much money for the amount of opportunities. I a hundred percent agree. I, you know, I think it's a shame, you know, DraftKings has just so egregiously overpriced all these guys. I mean, you know, if you put two or three of these guys in there, you're scrapping for, you know, the bench, the undesirables that we've always yeah. called them. You just can't do it. And it just doesn't make sense. You know, no one's getting, like you said, over 25 minutes, the shots are being, you know, uh, split up. And again, a big spread in this game, you know, how do you trust anybody to get it done? There's no, there's not a guy on the U S side that I look at and say, Oh, that's a, that's a really fair, valuable, you know, value price that, that you can play a guy. Uh, it's, it's so hard. I mean, I may not have any Americans in this lineup yep. and not really be concerned about it because of them splitting it up. Now, when we get down the road and it's you know single elimination and we're looking at Australia, Spain, these guys, I think that's when you can really hone in, spend your money on the the Durants and Lillards and maybe a couple of the other guys, but not, not here. So for me, if I have enough salary, which I doubt that I will, the two guys that are at least you don't know, break the bank by playing are the same two that I think you mentioned, Levine and Booker just for the additional time, maybe for Booker and Levine looked like he was getting back into a good role after having to sit out like a week with the COVID thing before the Olympics started. So maybe those two guys, but uh, I think this will be a team effort. I think that they're going to win handily. uh, And I think they're going to want to position themselves to be fresh because they know they're up against it when it comes to the medal round in the next go around. So I'll be waving the USA flag but probably rooting for some of the Czech guys uh, even more, as crazy as that sounds.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, again, it is a big difference with DraftKings and FanDuel. We're both ready to pass on U.S. on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, uh, you're going to want to, and you can afford a couple of those studs on FanDuel. So if you want those lineups for us, we'll have three lineups for you. Uh, DFSCoachDoc.com, full lineups on FanDuel that you can play. Uh, Again, the coach's clipboard on DraftKings. Coach, any final thoughts here?
1: Yeah, if you're uh, checking this out on on YouTube, please take a second, hit the thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, and click the alert up in the right corner. Uh, For our members, I just put out a new podcast provider schedule last night that takes us all the way through August. And uh, you're going to want to know when these pods post. We've got the Olympics happening now. We've got the NBA Summer League, which we're going to have tons of podcasts. We have some baseball pods coming up in August and then, you know, golf pod every week. So, I mean, those are, you know, popping up there at different times, but if you hit that uh, thumbs up subscribe and the alert button, then you'll know when things are going to come up there and we'd love to have you listen in. And if you're not uh, a member and you're just taking this information in, you know, again, we want you to be able to, to get the most out of it and build some winners. If you do have some winners Please uh, shoot us a note in YouTube so that we can uh, shout you out and say great job and and we really appreciate it. Uh, we're at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. Andrew is at Language Olympic. I am at J O E S A R V A D I. And there's no better time than the weekend—Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I say this every Friday. Tr- try that three-day pass for ten bucks. It's going to be phenomenal. We're going to have. Baseball, we are uh, a baseball like, you know, million games all weekend golf uh, weekend only uh, lineups tonight for with something we're really excited. We've got all our guys way up on the leaderboard and that for the Olympics is going to be a blast, you know, and then you get, you know, all of this, this basketball. And before you know it, we're, we're going to be also jumping into the NBA Summer League. So you got all that stuff. Check us out. And uh, also, if you're listening to this on audio, if you're on any of the landing spots, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, all of them, we're there only one more day tomorrow, Andrew, and then drawing for one week free membership from that month of July uh, that is going to be done. All you have to do to qualify, if you're listening audio podcast, then hit the five stars and a quick comment. It can be two, three words then uh, our man Joe Stanton tomorrow at the end of the day will be pulling a random person to win that one week free membership. So we'd love to have you join us. We appreciate you letting us spend this time with you. And that's the word, Andrew. That's what I got.
0: Definitely hope that helped everybody get ready for the slates tonight. Have a lot of fun. Go USA. Let's get it back on track. And we'll be back here for the next slate, of course, as the Olympics roll on. So thank you, For tuning in on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hanson. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.